0: welcome to mental health film comment this is brian here with you the 2000 film requiem for a dream can't believe it's 2000 it feels like the film is is more recent from my my recollection but 2000 um, what What is commonly called psychological drama, I'm, I'm not a fan of that term, but it, it does raise a, a lot of issues about depression and addiction and, and sobriety, uh, topics that, that we'll be we are covering today with author Nadia Bruce Rawlings, um, sober uh, 23 years. Uh, Nadia, thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Does that um, snapshot sound accurate as far as a, like a psychological drama? Because whenever I hear that, that term, I always cringe. And yet that's...
1: I don't it like is that a bit cringy. Yeah. It is a bit cringy. But yeah, I think it, I mean, it definitely grabs you and it's an emotional, I mean, it's so emotional, True. that it's, movie.
0: And there's, because my recollection, like I said, it just seemed what, what, what I, when I was prepping today and, and I saw, you know, 2000s, like, cannot be, you know, that, because I, I just, that movie just feels more, more, more recent, either more recent or more. It definitely has a 1970s vibe. I mean, it could easily pass for a movie that would have come out in the 70s. Um, but 20 years ago, it just, you know, yeah it's it's some it's somewhat you know ahead of its time you know that's that's a phrase that you know would, would probably um, a, apply to it
1: in, in I think definitely um, I actually knew the author of the the book and and the writer of the screenplay uh, Cubby mm-hmm. Hubert Selby jr. and um he was he's passed away now he was brilliant just a brilliant sober genial man who lived through hell and back and um and survived and uh it was just amazing man
0: and i've heard that name before i think it was last exit to brooklyn
1: exactly oh, yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's a movie that um, <laughs> i don't know if i would ever mention that movie for reason being is that um that is a um that's one movie that if I did talk about on the podcast, I would definitely have to have trigger warnings on. Oh uh, yeah. When I, when I saw that film, uh, and that movie was very much ahead of its time. Much yeah, definitely. But if I were to do, uh, you know, mention that that film in, in depth on the podcast, I would likely have to have some trigger warnings because that movie yeah. is uh, very real. I mean, very raw and uh, and. and Thank you for mentioning, you know, mentioning that, that author because th- there's a lot of overlap now. Now that I think about it, um, yeah. But what um, what um, brought you into the you know wild and wonderful world of of uh, you know mental health and all that, that comes with it? What what was <laughs> it on, on, on your journey?
1: Into that well I think I mean I have depression major depression as it's called um and I, I think I had it since I was a little girl you know they didn't I, I'm 55 and they didn't really know about it back then um my first suicide attempt I was 17 I think um And they just, they didn't even, I don't think at the time they took me to the hospital and sewed me up and, and, um, they didn't say you had an automatic 72 hour psych hold or anything like that. I I don't, it was in like 83 or 82. Um, and I just like went, I was in college and I went back home to my parents and, and my dad, my mom said, well, she should see a psychiatrist. And my dad said, no, that's for crazy people. And I went on with my depression. Um, and I just, you know, self-medicated to help it, um, which didn't of course help. (laughs) Um, It just makes you more depressed. So. But the sober, twenty-three years. That's um, I'm
0: so happy to hear that because that is the, the, when self-medicating. The, the term used that often, you know, euphemism for for drinking, you know, drugs or alcohol, and and, and self-medicating. Yeah. And um, what um, what what do you attribute to to the sobriety? What?
1: Well, I I mean. I had a really low bottom. I was an alcoholic for sure. And then I started, and then I found cocaine and then eventually I found crack. And, um, I ended up, you know, I was, had a great job and a great life and all this stuff. And I ended up homeless and with two felonies for shoplifting and petty theft and, um, et cetera. I mean, it was just horrible. I, um, I shoplifted to to feed my addiction, and and I kept going to jail because I was (laughs) not the best shoplifter in the world. (laughs) And um, eventually my my brother actually got me into rehab, and I was just gonna stay until they got me on an antidepressant, and I felt better, which I thought would take like a week. Um, And I ended up staying for a six month period and that changed my life. And I didn't actually, at the time, I think, I guess they put me on an antidepressant, but it took a lot longer than that to get it situated, you know, to get the medication right. Cool, cool. And
0: and, and that is a journey. I mean, it, the, the healing process and recovery, um, that is a journey. I mean, it is something that is... You know, and a lifelong journey in many ways, because oh, whether, yeah. whether, it, whether it's six months or whether it's, you know, whatever the, the time period is, um, there's stuff in your toolbox that you kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Do you, have you found that to be true as well? Like there's Definitely. stuff you have in your toolbox that helps with um, when, when things aren't going so well and, and, and accordingly when things are going well and yeah good like have you found that to be true as well like definitely
1: I mean we had there were things we learned when I was in rehab like um like journaling every day Mm -hmm. uh writing to your higher power quote unquote we we had to do that and and I found my um my book that I used to use to write in I found it like you know 22 years later and uh and it was hilarious because over such a, a six month period, I changed so much in that period. Um, and, you know, of course we're still, we change, I don't know, for me, my my higher power changes as the years go on, um, my toolbox grows. Uh, I get sponsees that teach me incredible things. Um, and, you know, some some tragedies and some wonderful events.
0: Cool. Now, um, so have you had better success with AA and other twelve-step groups? Because when I've talked to people, I've tended to notice that there are those who respond really well to twelve-step and, and you know AA groups, and those who don't don't respond too well, right. like non non twelve-step. Um,
1: yeah, I um, I was really scared of the God concept of the twelve step thing, and um, that kept me away for a while. And then, and then I um, and f- so the first few years were kind of I, I was back and forth, and did I want to do twelve step or did I want to do another another program of some sort? Um, and ultimately, I settled into AA. Um, even though probably, nar- I don't know, it was both alcohol and narcotics, but, um, but, and I just sort of created my own higher power definition and, um, you know, it's, I, I got sober in California, which was different than you in Los Angeles. It's different than, um, now I live in the South in Nashville and it's a little more Christian and, and that for me is a bit of a turn off sometimes, but I've learned to deal with it. I had a, a person um, share once that they went through the big book of AA and crossed out God everywhere and wrote love instead. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. That I can, that I can handle. Yeah. So that helped. Oh,
0: cool. Cool. Um, now I understand that you, you, you used to work in, 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 the film industry.
1: I did. I was in the, I worked in film distribution. So I worked for, I started out at a company that did, um, we produced Maniac Cop and Frankenhooker and, and these greats from the, from the eighties and early nineties. Um, and then I went, eventually ended up at a company with Graham King who produced, um, Gangs of New York and Hugo and yeah. and such Academy Award winning films. So
0: Hugo Hugo's amazing. Hugo yeah. is an absolutely amazing yeah. film. Um, and, and whenever I hear distribution, I always think of the whole New York and LA, you know, and and, and the tiered distribution where it starts right. in New York and LA first and then it goes to the other markets secondly. Yeah. Um, how much of that do you think still still goes on when it's a very you know it's so
1: weird now especially after the pandemic um you know they're doing day and date or releases with with um streaming and or streaming only and and you know video and dvd doesn't even exist anymore i don't think um the whole like when i when I was growing up in in the film distribution I am did mostly international so we would go to the film markets like Cannes and Milan and stuff and it would be all you needed was a poster and and a short synopsis and you could sell a movie for video because the video industry was just booming then it was growing like crazy and now it's it's a whole different game it's i don't even understand it anymore
0: yeah and this is one moment where um people listening might be you know rolling their eyes because i i have you know a media arts background and i i absolutely love so many of the films that came out during you know the you know sundance boom but before right. Sundance got to, uh, you know, to commercialize and, and, and exactly, to um, So I absolutely love a lot of, you know, many of which I'll probably never mention on the podcast because none of them are really mental health related. Uh, but even right. a lot of the foreign films where I will often be on a website like uh, Mubi or on uh, Canopy and seeing all these foreign films that often people don't even know about you know, whether it's, oh, yeah. you know, French film or it's Italy or, or countries you haven't even thought of who have, you know, whether it's India and whether it's Bollywood movies, you know, yeah. traditional Bollywood or, you know, more recent Bollywood. Um, but yeah, that's something that I just find, you know, incredibly fascinating because one of the things when someone is at their low point there's a feeling of, of of helplessness and not wanting to be in control, and so I've always liked that distribution piece of movies and the different you know markets and regions because that proves you know it it really does prove that there's more out there, you know yeah and if you know and that obviously applies to movies in this context but if that applies to movies then why would it not apply to other areas of life particularly you know when when it's involving you know your, your health and well-being yeah and much like how if you see some movies showing at the you know major multiplex you know and that's like someone giving you okay these are the, your only options and then you look and see oh no, no they're not <laughs> i have these options <laughs> much like when recovery how if someone's told okay these are your options and then it's easy to get frustrated because then you can say, like, no, they aren't. These these are my other options, you know what I mean? Exactly, and yeah. So, so I always tend to, to, to like that because it does point to the options and, and choices available. And, um, you know, whether it's choices in film or whether it's choices in, in recovery options. Um, have, you, have you, and I should probably ask, have you encountered any sort of frustration as far as, someone expecting a certain like recovery path to work for you and and there was did have you encountered
1: that at all um not so much i mean i think my main concern or if if you can use that word um i sponsor like eight women or seven um and many of them are you know or probably half of them are evangelical Christian. And, um, and I'm always very upfront that I'm not, but that I respect that. And, and, you know, it's, it's cool. (laughs) Whatever gets you through is, is totally fine. Um, and, you know, I've had some, um, I've had a couple people that have sort of left AA searching for, like, SO, SOS, I think it's called, and um, a couple different programs where it's more secular or um, not 12-step oriented or or, or uh, Celebrate Recovery, for that matter, um, which is really popular here in the South because it's, like, the Christian... 12, oh, yeah I 10. think
0: I've encountered that as well that's yeah and for those who don't know what we're talking about that's much you know it's 12-step but with more religion and and God it, it, you know inter interlaced with would, would that be correct way of yeah exactly and it, it's
1: church-based um I don't know I've never been to a Celebrating Recovery meeting so I don't know I think it's um as opposed to like AA, where you're never fully recovered, you're always an addict. I think they actually celebrate that they are recovered yeah. once they go through the steps. Yeah. Well, my experience
0: with celebrated recovery, and I, I and just to, to preface this, I don't mean this in an insulting way for anyone who's listening who right, uh, but. I found when when I went there I found it to be and again this is their their approach where where the you know the evangelical mm-hmm. church that was holding it I found it to be very Sunday schoolish you know if that's the word. Right. I, I, I don't mean that in, in, in a derogatory manner um, in any shape matter or form but I did find it to be very just very Sunday schooly in the way that yeah. it was presented and the way it was um rolled out it just felt like I was at a church service, but I wasn't at a church service. And it's, it's right. It just had that sort of Sunday school vibe to it. And again, I don't mean that in a you know derogatory manner at, at all. So anybody listening, don't don't send me angry letters. because <laughs> I've never done it. Look at that. It's a good program. You know, I'm not gonna you know. Deny yeah, definitely. Um, so, but just the approach for this particular church that I was that I was going at, um, they had a, it. Just felt very Sunday schoolish. Yeah.
1: And I have to say, I mean, even AA or the variants thereof, the 12 step programs, you know, it was written in 1935 by two white Protestant men who, you know, were kind of condescending to the women, the wives left behind because the wives were never alcoholic, you know, they were, they were Al-Anon or whatever. Um, And it's very... You have to take everything with a bit of a grain of salt, I think, in this day and age.
0: Well, one thing I, I w- want wanted to ask you is, when you were at your 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 low point, or even more more recently, have you had moments where your where your memory just goes poof, and you and there's periods that you you don't remember, or is it you know I mean have you had those, those moments where where, because I know for me when there's people who talk about like a certain year or what was going on or different stuff in their past. And I just roll my eyes because I don't know how, the, how they remember this stuff because there's stuff from my past that I simply don't remember. Um, there are times when Definitely. I'm at the grocery store and someone walks up to you saying, hey, hey Brian, do you remember me from, it was something maybe might be from high school or college. And I honestly don't remember who they are. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. like, have you had those moments where, where your memory just goes poof and you don't remember stuff?
1: Definitely. I think a lot of my childhood, I don't, I mean, I lived all over the world. So that kind of trick, you know, like the year we lived in so-and-so country and blah, 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 that stays with me. But there's certain things, like my sister remembers things and I'm like, Oh, I don't remember that at all. And, um, and then definitely I just, put it down to like so much crack smoke that yeah, it killed yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah. but it's really it's kind of scary especially as you're aging and um i you know i'm like what's it going to be like when i'm yeah, yeah, 70 <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. and 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 conversely for the stuff that you do remember do you remember it like like with requiem for for a dream that is a film that, you know, I don't want to say truth in advertising, but there are moments that do feel very dreamlike. And, oh, yeah. Weighing from, have you had, you know, those experiences where you remember stuff, but it, it feels like a dream when you remember it? Yeah,
1: definitely. And there's the time frame gets mixed up. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll be thinking because there were four years where I smoked crack for 24 yeah. 7 for four years straight. And I just, you know, all kinds of things happened. But I can't remember the order they go in. <laughs> and, it's, and it is, it's just bizarre. Yeah, it because is it like is- a dream for a dream where it, it, it is dreamlike, like you said.
0: Yeah, because um, and and I know it's true that recovery and, and getting to wellness is not a directly linear linear process, you know, point A to point B. But that doesn't mean that it has to feel so. You know what I mean? It it was there yeah. like some other way where it didn't feel um, so out, out of sorts a lot of times. Yeah. But um, but um. Now, um, for those who might be um, struggling with any addiction problems and working to, um, to a better way to sobriety, what would you say for for those who might be, um, that that might be, be, be their challenge today?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, it's so, it's hard, but I think whatever path you choose if it's a 12-step program if it's a rehab if it's you know um, a secular program or a Christian program um, it's so worth it I can't imagine I mean the first little while I was in rehab was really hard and of course there's cravings and of course there's like you don't want to stick to the rules and all that stuff but Oh, my goodness! The amount of change in my life and in my inner, like that inner peace um, that I never had before. my life was completely chaotic, and my head was chaotic. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it was just everything was nuts. and um and things are so peaceful now. Well, you know, and life happens, mm-hmm. definitely but you have that toolbox as you mentioned yeah. to go to
0: cool cool well as we wind down um i did want to mention um a, a few more resources for one out there i know that there is uh nami national alliance on mental illness uh mental health america mha national um dot so people have mentioned that to me um how now how would people find out more about the, the work that you're doing if you wanted to, to learn more about your your work
1: well my website is it's nadia bruce rawlings which is r-a-w-l-i-n-g-s so nadia bruce rawlings.com and as is my instagram is nadia bruce rawlings um and my facebook i think is nadia bruce rawlings writer comma writer um and, yeah, I mean, I um, I've been doing some podcasts recently about, you know, help and and put together a show or two um, assisting women who have gone through abuse of all kinds. My books both deal with they their memoirs, but they deal with um, abuse and addiction and recovery, um, and abuse of all kinds, physical, mental,
0: verbal, et cetera. Well, well, um, definitely lots lots of good info here. And I I do appreciate you um, being here today. Thank Thank you you so much for having having me. And um, thank you, those of you at home or where we may be. Um, Stay safe, everyone, and uh, talk talk to you next time.